1: Hey, and welcome back to the Tomahawk Take Podcast. I am your host, Jake Mastriani, and with me as always is Alan. Good day. And Fred. Happy day off. And guys, we are two weeks into the season now, so things are coming along quickly, and it's really not much different than what we saw last year from this Atlanta Braves team as they're up and down, they're hot and they're cold, as Katy Perry once famously quoted in a song. And this is, it's the same frustrating team we saw, honestly, for the first four months of last year. Now it's two weeks in, obviously he has to take everything a little bit of a grain of salt right now, but Alan, I mean, we are kind of on that same path right now with this Braves team, with the way that they're playing, where it just seems like they can't get over that hump.
3: They are, and I yeah, that's frustrating because certainly they should have gotten off to a good start against Cincinnati and Washington. I, I guess I should take a little bit of heart in that they did do a West Coast road trip against some tough teams, San Diego and Los Angeles, and came out with a three and four record. That's nothing to be ashamed of by any means, but, uh, uh, with the good, there's the the bad, too, and the bad is that they're just not scoring any runs right now. 54 runs in 14 games, that's a 3.85 average per game, and don't forget, there was a 16-4 to outburst against Washington in one game, so that's like four games' worth of runs right there, and raised the entire uh, average by a full run. So this is a team that, other than that game, is scoring less than three runs a game, and that's just not going to get it done. Typically what's been happening is it's Olsen and Ozuna and then some guy whoever that guy may be as random dice throw for somebody else in the order uh usually Darno maybe Arcia maybe Riley uh, first couple of days that helps out Olsen and Ozuna. But if they don't get that kind of help, then there's just not a lot of run scoring going on. 16 homers have been hit by the Braves so far, 15 of them solo jobs, and that simply means that nobody's getting on base hardly, and that that's not sustainable. What I'm hoping is that these games against San Diego and Los Angeles kind of maybe woke them up a little bit, and with some. Stiffer competition, and maybe, possibly, after that, the exhausting fourteen games in a row, day off today, maybe getting back home and facing Miami, and then the Cubs may help out a little bit.
1: And Fred, I'm certainly, you know, not concerned about this Braves team, and I don't think any Braves fan should. After what we endured last year, you know, it's not how you start; it's how you finish. But They did, obviously. They were their first home stand, celebrating the championship. You can understand the distractions there. Going out on a West Coast trip, which, like Alan said, going three and four against those teams, you know that's not the worst thing in the world. So in 14 games in a row, so you have some excuses there. You got to shorten spring training, so I can understand that. But at this point, Fred, I think the excuses have to be over. It's time for this team to start playing Braves baseball.
2: Well, yeah, I I mean, there are, you can say, well, this pitcher didn't do this or this pitcher didn't do that. But the truth is that you have to score more than one run (laughs) to win a ball game. And if you're in a league where the, where four is the average ERA, uh, your pitchers are going to be somewhere on, you're going to have to score four runs a game. We're not doing anything like that. And a lot of that's we're not getting just plain not getting on base okay, yeah. our leadoff hitter most of the time is Ozzy. He's getting on from the first spot of the two ninety-four clip. So when Olsen comes up, there's nobody on ahead of him. And when he does come up and he sees somebody on ahead of him, he says, what's that guy doing out there? And hmm. uh, you know, he leads the league and hits and he's got two RBI. And it, you just can't do that. And then when he gets on base, Ozuna doesn't hit. Riley does. But, you know, not not consistently. I just think you have to, as Alan said, you have to get people on base, and that starts with the leadoff spot, and then that works its way from there. If the leadoff spot gets on, and Olson gets gets a shot in there, then the other team's in trouble. But if Ozzie gets up there swinging at some of that stuff he's been swinging out, he might as well take a nine iron out there with him. So late in the game, we're getting we're getting the bottom third of the order, which has been non existent this year. I mean you're you, Dansby's in such a mess at the plate and uh Rosario wasn't wasn't hitting until he saw the Dodger LA on the on the uh on the shirt and that woke him up a little bit. Dickerson hit hard luck at first and then I don't know. I I, I just think there's there's we're just not getting on base, we're not paying attention to our knitting, and I think a lot of that comes from the way the lineup has to be constructed with the players that Snicker has available to him. You can make a lot of complaints about how Snicker did this, now Snicker did that. He doesn't swing the bat. He doesn't throw the ball. He puts the best players he has on the field and they haven't performed. And that, that's just, you get down to it. That's exactly what happened. They just didn't get the pitchers any runs. And when you give a team time to get to the back end of their bullpen and they're good bullpens and you're going to lose those games.
1: And Alan, I think we're talking about the offense a lot here and we'll get to the pitching later, but the offense I think has been the most frustrating part because they're not getting the home runs for whatever reason, whether the balls have been changed once again or the weather, whatever you want to say. They're just, they're not getting the home runs and this is a very home run dependent team and they're not getting on base. I think they had five walks in the Dodgers series while the Dodgers had 13 or something like that. They're just not getting on base, whether it's hits or walks. It's kind of just all or nothing up and down the lineup. But there is hope coming because Ronald Acuna Jr. is currently on a rehab assignment. And, Alan, when he comes back to this lineup, it really just makes everything flow so much better because then you do have a guy at the top who's getting on base. You have Olsen behind him who's going to have plenty of RBI opportunities at that point unless Ronald's hitting all the balls out of the stadium. And then you can put Ozzy back down in the lineup in the 5 or 6 spot where he needs to be and should be. But I understand there's just not a lot of great options to put in the leadoff spot right now. And then you have a really solid 1 through 6 at that point. You have Ronnie, Olsen, Riley, Ozuna, Ozzy, and Travis. And Travis is hitting the ball well. So getting Ronnie back, I think, takes care of a lot of the concerns we're seeing right now offensively.
3: I hope that's going to be the case. Now, just to give you another little bright hope here, the Braves do have the third best exit velocity when they do make contact in the league. That's 90.4 miles an hour. It's one behind the Yankees, a little bit behind the White Sox as well. I mean, that's a good sign. If you're hitting the ball solidly, if you're hitting the ball hard, you're going to have things fall for hits. So there's at least the chance that there's just a lot of bad luck involved right now. If that's the case, then these things are going to help take care of themselves uh, as, as we go along. Yeah, adding Acuna is going to add another scary bat uh to lead off, and it's going to certainly change the way pitchers have to approach things, and that's... Not going to be insignificant either. I want to see what happens with that. Scheduled is about two weeks off before we see Ronnie. As we record this on Thursday, he's uh, taking the day off at Gwinnett. Uh, They're not going to run him completely every single day, it looks like. But uh, uh, we're going to just have to see how that goes, because I, I look forward to that. I look forward to a guy who sets the tone at the, at the top. I look forward to a guy who gets on base, uh, like Fred suggested. And you're right, it'll change the complexion of this lineup, and I hope that's what what we need here, is that little shot in the arm.
1: Yeah, it certainly will be, Fred. I can't wait to have him back. Like Alan said, the timeline looks like they want to wait until that first homestand in May, which would be May sixth. But when you're watching Ronald hit balls off the center field wall, that weird wall, whatever stadium he's playing at in Jacksonville, how many times can you see him do that and your offense is struggling and you're like, you can't bring the guy up. I don't know if the Braves can can wait it out. I I kind of hope they can't.
2: Well, I th- I think you know there's two things going on here. I'm sure that Alex says I want him, I want him, I want him. At the same time, he says. I also want him ready to go when he gets up there because the last thing I want to do is him come up and not be, not be ready, uh, that leg not be ready, uh, and, and again, we're talking about minor league pitching he's hitting here. Okay. I know it's AAA pitching, but it is minor league pitching and there is a difference. And I want him to get his timing back. I want him to have you know, enough time to do that. Having said that, even if he comes back at the top of his form, he's one guy. And we, we've been around this game long enough to know that one guy isn't fixing the lineup. Uh, especially right now we have like five guys not hitting 200 uh, in the lineup. and we, we, uh, on base on base percentage, is, uh, eight of the 12 guys are below 300. Uh, you just you just can't survive like that. And inserting Ronnie in there will change that dynamic some. But we got to see, we've got to see something from Duvall. We've got to see something more from Dansby. We've got to see something more across that outfield. Besides Ronnie and if, uh, whoever's playing left, whether they're they're putting Arcia out there or they're going to run Heredia out there or give Demerit a chance out there, we've got to see some output from the outfield as well as the infield to get this going. Uh, TDA's been fine so far. Uh, Pinas stepped up there a couple of times and for backup catcher, he's done all right. But, you know, we, we have people who are who are swinging the bat every day in the lineup who have a worse batting average than Max Freed had last year. And that, that, that doesn't cut it.
1: Yeah, it certainly won't. And you mentioned a few guys there that obviously need to step up. Dansby and Duvall in particular, the strikeouts are just alarming right now. And like I said, when you're not getting the home run ball, and you're getting a bunch of strikeouts. It's really hard and frustrating to watch. You know the DH spot hasn't been great. Uh, Alex Dickerson, you know, has had some hard hit balls, but you know he's not really a guy that you should be having to depend on right now in your lineup. So certainly some cause for concern in the Braves lineup. But again, I, I hope soon Ronald Acuna Jr. will be back and he will kind of help settle things down a little bit, put people more in the roles that they should be in. In this lineup, but let's switch to the pitching side of things so far, which has also been kind of up and down. Charlie Morton, a great start to begin the season, back to back, kind of rough outings. Max Reed, a couple of rough outings to start the season, and then he's dominant in his third outing. Kyle Wright has been solid uh, throughout so far. Bryce Elder has been a nice surprise. Waskari Noah's already lost his spot in the rotation. We'll see if he gets replaced by Spencer Strider or Tukey Tucson or whatever it may be, or actually they already sent Tukey back down. So it looks like maybe Spencer Strider will get a shot in the rotation. And then Ian Anderson, he's been uh, struggling obviously to start the season as well. So Alan, it's not just the offense right now. Some of these games are over early because the starters are just getting off to really rough outings.
3: Yeah. And just about everybody except Kyle Wright has had one clunker along with uh, one good outing. So yeah that that that's been tough to take too because we want guys to step up but more than the hitting is that the the pitching probably needed another week in Florida before coming up and if I'm going to blame anything on the short spring training it's probably the pitching uh, Ian Anderson in his first outing he just could not find a release point and just was awful that day uh next time out got it solved w- looked brilliant uh, Max Freed, uh, same kind of thing. Even Waskar, you know, at some point was pretty good in his last outing. It looked like he was starting to introduce a new changeup, which was uh, kind of surprising even to the Dodgers, I think. But uh, he got tired and, and, and kind of lost it in about the fifth inning there. So it, it's just a matter of getting these guys another turn or two to get stretched out, I think. But unfortunately... The way things have been going for these guys is, yeah, you're right. You get behind three or four runs early, and then it's di- very difficult for the uh, for the offense to come back, particularly against some of the strong pitching we've been seeing on the other side. So, uh, it, it's it's just symptomatic, probably. I think at least on uh, another week in Florida being needed.
1: Yeah, I can definitely understand that from the pitching side of things those first couple of weeks, and hopefully those starters are beginning to settle in and get stretched out, and I think they are. But, Fred, it sounds like going forward, Snicker wants to continue this six-man rotation. Do you think that is the right move, even with these off days coming up? I think so. I mean, let's look at the way the game is transforming itself right now.
2: We don't have any pitchers in the game who who go – well, we have a handful of pitchers in the game who you can depend upon for six innings. When you've got that, and you're you're throwing pitchers out there, and they get behind, they don't you don't get that many run support. It's hard for them to stay in the game. I think you need to keep them out there and keep them in some kind of so you don't kill them. You gotta if you have the potential when you get to the postseason this year of play, having to play twenty two games to win. 22 games. You've got to play another month of baseball uh, as everybody else is looking into the football season just to get in there. Your starters, your relievers are going to be worn out if they have to do this mess that we're doing with, oh, we're going five days, we're going five days, we're sticking them out there. Uh, I don't know whether he sticks with it permanently, but it, sure, it certainly makes sense to, to do that, to build a, a rotation that is still healthy and strong at the end of the year. I'm a guy from the days when Warren Spahn went went out and threw 15 innings, and wouldn't come out of the game. Uh, but that doesn't happen anymore. We see Kershaw taken out when, it, and he admitted he wasn't ready to go any deeper in the games. So I just think the game is changing. The six-man rotation has been coming for a while. We happen to have probably have the pitchers to do it. Although you know, has always been a a three-inning reliever, a long, long reliever kind of guy. I don't see him as a starter. But we have guys that can do that and we have guys coming who can do that. So I think, I think that's, uh, that's something that, you know, we have to look at as the season goes on. Can we afford to carry the extra starter? At the same time, can we afford to be worn out in September?
1: And I'm certainly okay with the six man rotation. I know the Brewers did it last year and look, you got to have the pitching to do it and you got to have the, the help, uh, on your side to do it as well. And I think the Braves do have the pitching. I mean, you look at it right now, they already have, six up there that you feel pretty comfortable with, and you still have Kyle Muller and Tucker Davidson uh, in AAA as well that could step up if needed. So I think they had the pitchers to do it, so I think it's an okay strategy going forward, but uh, you need to win as well. And so we'll see how that continues and whether or not Brian Snicker uh, keeps rolling out this six-man rotation but comes to a point where I need Max Freed every every fifth day to try to get these wins um, then I think you'll see something change at that point Switch gears a little bit here. Like I said, we are about two weeks into the season as we record tonight on Thursday. What has been your most pleasant surprise for the Atlanta Braves through these first two weeks?
3: Spencer Strider, uh, undoubtedly. We were just talking about the idea of a six-man rotation, and I was just wondering, you know, how do you organize? Do you have enough bodies? Do you have enough pitchers on this roster? Currently, we're at 28-man, but it's going to go to 26-man soon. Are you going to try and get back to 5-man there, or are you going to try and piggyback some guys? Somebody like Spencer Strider is going to be invaluable to this strategy, however it comes out, because he's a guy that is showing that he can do three or four innings at a stint and and do it reliably and do it well. And that's going to be huge for some of these uh, starts in which you don't necessarily have a confidence that some guy is going to be able to go four or five. So if you piggyback him with somebody else, then you're going to uh, be able to get to the bullpen, to get to the 7th or 8th inning. And that, that's going to be huge. Uh, the fact that he's been able to uh, keep his walk totals under control has been excellent. That's that's exactly the kind of uh, stepping up that we talk about. But, I mean, in a, in a world where you get, uh, last year, three, excuse me, four pitchers in all of Major League Baseball that went 200 innings, only three that went into the 190s. You're talking about five-inning stints for everybody, and somebody's got to bridge that gap, and that's why I like uh, what Spencer Strider's been doing.
1: He certainly seems like a weapon that Brian Snicker can put in many different roles this year, and I think he will be invaluable throughout the season. Fred, what's been your most pleasant surprise for the Braves so far? Elder.
2: Boy, he came up and acted like he grew up there. I mean... Uh, he he went out there and he wasn't a bit scared. He wasn't a bit worried about them people out there. He just went out and pitched his game. He's gonna he's not stretched out like he should be. And he's I mean like Alan said, two more weeks he's better. He's better able to do that. But but Elder and Strider they're the real they're the real find so far this year. I I thought I always believed that Strider would be a guy that snuck up on him um he just he just looks like he has that mentality and when you see elder on the mound he looks like he looks like he just he doesn't he doesn't scared he's not scared of you if you you make him mad he's gonna go up and slap you i i just think i'm really good uh and funny enough we have a lance lynn clone out there named jackson that we picked up out of the mexican League or somewhere and you know he's come in and done really good work, but I didn't really expect anything from him at all, except you know an inning here and an inning there. But he came in and and pitched like he knew what he was doing, and he's not he's not going to be you know the guy to depend on. But boy, he come in and he's done some good work too. So three pitchers really, and then Olson hitting like he's Tony Gwynn. I mean, <laughs> this, Man, right. dude, dude was hitting four hundred. <laughs> yeah. What what in the world? Are, because he was always known as a guy that had a lot of power, but he didn't do a lot of hit. And he said he made a little adjustment. I, apparently, it's working. But <laughs> that's not so much as a that's not so much a surprise for me as a guy who has figured it out. And you expect to, pros to do that. Those pitchers, Elder, Strider, and and Jackson, those guys have really. I,
1: I'm really impressed with all of them.
3: I still think Olson's going to sell a whole lot of those wiffle ball pitching machines. <laughs>
1: Yeah, somebody needs that. Maybe that'll be uh, what the sponsor is on the Braves jersey next year. There you uh, go. Go ahead and sign that up. But I I would say, like, it's not a surprise as as how well as Matt Olsen is playing. I think we all knew he was a a great player. I will say it's a surprise to me at how great his plate discipline is. And he is just spitting on pitches and taking – close pitches outside the zones and that has been a really nice surprise for me I knew he had the home run power and I knew he really cut down on his strikeout rate last year but to really see it you know on an everyday basis obviously I didn't watch a lot of Oakland A's games you know in the last couple of years but that has been really surprising to me just his plate discipline so far has been unreal so and and again not really a surprise for me either but Seeing Austin Riley already kind of show us that what happened in 2021 was not a fluke. And he's had some at-bats here or there where he's still chasing some bad balls out of the zone. But for the most part, it has still looked like the Austin Riley we saw throughout 2021. So that is certainly a nice surprise as well. Flipping things to the negative, Alan, what's been your biggest disappointment for the Braves so far outside of Dansby Swanson?
3: (laughs) <laughs> well you just took that one away. Uh nice caveat there, Yeah. Well, let me go to Eddie Rosario, the uh the other guy who's really, really not hitting. Um uh, uh, you could say Alex Dickerson because he's got a lower batting average, except he's at least driving the ball, uh, places and, and getting the bad luck. Uh, Rosario just isn't doing anything right now, and that's, that's very frustrating. He, he has walked five times, uh, given that much, but other than that, three hits and 42 plate appearances, 37 official at bats, That's just not going to get it done for a guy who's supposed to be a a regular right fielder, at least for right now. That part is sad. I could also point to Sean Newcomb. Certainly we have been afraid about what he might do. And in fact, I think most, I'm not sure if all of us or most of us at least had expected him not to even make the opening day roster, even though he was out of options, but the Braves at least Gave him one more shot or at least a couple more weeks of shot to try and work out of the funk. But uh that was a tall order, especially given the short spring training. And as it happened, uh they couldn't wait on him any longer. And now he's a member of the Cubs. So that's disappointing because we know he's got the stuff. We just apparently can't put it together. It can't keep his confidence going to to keep that stuff going and, he just walks too many guys, um, has dates where he'll strike out a guy brilliantly, one, one batter, and then, uh, walk a guy on four pitches the next. It's, it's just a, literally a hit and miss like a, a coin flip. And I, I just hate to see him go. I hate to see this experiment, uh, ended, but that's the way it is sometimes.
1: It was. And I thought he would make the roster. I never thought he'd make it once rosters got, Shrunk down back to 26, but when he oh, came man. in and walked Freddie Freeman, yeah, that just seemed like, okay, <laughs> he's done. You know, well, and not, and not just he walked Freddie Freeman, I, but... Uh, yeah, I got to admit, a lot Don't stop of at the dugout, just pack your
2: <laughs> stuff and get on the airplane.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it was that kind of situation. And just to bring it up, to, to finish up that note, Sean Newcomb was designated for assignment. The Braves ended up trading him to the Chicago Cubs for... Braves legend Jesse Chavez, he is back for a third go-around with the Atlanta Braves. So he's back. Cubs sent a little bit of money in that deal just to uh, offset the contracts there. So Jesse Chavez is back. So we we have our new garbage time pitcher. Uh, he will replace Sean Newcomb for that role uh, with the Braves. But, Fred, what has been your biggest disappointment so far on this Braves team?
2: One thing on Rosario, he's never hit well in April. He, he's, he's, I mean, he's had one good April in his whole career and generally when it flips to May, he starts getting better. So I expect him and, and the short spring training didn't help him either. I expect him to be better in a couple weeks. The, the, the disappointment for me has been Ian Anderson. I'm, this Duval isn't hitting, but then I didn't expect Dubal to hit. Uh, Ian Anderson for me has taken a step back. Um, maybe it's the blister on his toe. Maybe it's the la- lack of a start or two in spring training. But he doesn't, I mean, I, I I can't even put my finger on what exactly is, but I watch him pitch, and I think, that doesn't look like it. again Anderson. I don't I don't know what the difference is to me. He had flashed it a couple of times, but it just didn't look like he was right. Maybe he's that, that foot's bothering him. Maybe, maybe it is the lack of starts, but he just doesn't look like the same guy. Now, uh, I don't think there's anything permanently wrong with him, but he's the one. See, I expect Anderson to go out there and give me five innings every time because he just doesn't get ruffled. He doesn't get riled. He doesn't, doesn't get any. We've got a, we've got a bunch of young pitchers that don't care who's at the plate right now. And that's really a good thing. Um, and Charlie Martin's helping them with that, but I I really, First, the first game, I said, "Well, it's first game." And then the second game, I went, uh, "It's still the first game." So I, I, I just, I, I'm really disappointed that Ian hasn't stepped up. I'm not saying he won't. I still love the kid, and I expect him to be be a rock in the rotation. But for right now, he's the one. You know, Max shoves out there. Okay, Charlie had had a good game and a couple of bad games. I, I still think Charlie's going to be all right. Elder's going to be fine. Uh, you know, I just we need anderson to be anderson if that line if that rotation's going to hold up we need anderson to be anderson and slot into that three stop and say you're not getting past the three of us one of us is going to stop you and 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 that's we haven't seen that yet
1: yeah even in his last start in san diego which was obviously much better it seemed like he was kind of back to more of that wildly effective type of pitcher um just really getting some some bad swings on pitches outside the zone which is what he you know what he lives off of, but still seems like he wasn't quite himself, so hopefully he does get back on track. It's crazy that we kind of at this point feel a little bit more comfortable with with Wright and Bryce Elder in the rotation than Ian, but I do think he'll get things under the control. I think he of any of all the pitchers had the most weird uh spring training shortened already, missed the start, had the blister, so I kind of expected him to be a little rough coming into the season, but uh, I think Hugh will definitely, you know, get back to being his typical self. Let's move forward a little bit now and look ahead to the Braves schedule. I'm currently watching the Miami Marlins destroy the St. Louis Cardinals on Thursday night with, uh, Jesus Sanchez what a shame. And, and Jazz Chisholm hitting <laughs> home runs out of the ballpark. They will be bringing that act to Truist Park over the weekend and it'll be a, a really good matchup. You know, I said earlier, you had the seven-game homestand beginning of the season to celebrate the World Series championship. You go out on the road for seven games, and going out on the West Coast is always tough. But excuses are over for me at this point. You're back home. Season has started. You're facing the Marlins. Alan, it's time to get going, and I think the Marlins are a good opportunity to do so.
3: They are except for the pitching that they bring. So it's not like they're going to be a pushover by any stretch of the imagination as St. Louis is finding out tonight. But yeah, I, I think they have a, as much trouble with their offense and maybe more than the Braves have had. So there's an opportunity to, to beat up on them, even if our offense doesn't get its act together yet. So I, I do like that matchup. The Cubs are, about in the same kind of ballpark they They've got a little bit more going for them and they're at 6 and 6 right now but uh I I I think that you're right exactly. Uh we got home get a chance to get a little rest and a chance to to come back out uh swinging and it'd be nice to see that that happen. Uh no more distractions, no more ring ceremonies, no more uh award ceremonies. It's all about baseball at this point. So well, I guess Jesse Chavez will probably get his ring now, but other than that, uh, yeah,
1: yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully, it's going to be a big home stand. You mentioned the Cubs on the back end of that. So, Fred, I'll ask you: How many shutout innings does Sean Newcomb pitch against the Braves in that series?
2: <laughs> well, he'll probably throw no hitter against us. Yeah, uh, look, I I don't think that, that. I mean, I know all the Braves leave and they come back and and they do something to us. But frankly, if the kid could go out and do it, he should go out and do it. I, I, the lineup's hit. They know Nukum. They know what he is. They've got a hit. But he, I, I can see him do that. Frankly, I don't think the Cubs are good, good at all right now. I mean, I, uh, who's their starting pitching? Can you name all of them? I can't mm-hmm. without looking. Uh, I mean, they got. I guess they still got Hendricks there, whatever his name is. But that's the kind of team's going to beat us. Of course, a team we don't know anything about. But I, I just, I worry about. Miami's pitching. They've got three guys who are capable of going out and just closing the door on us any night of the week, and on any team, not just us, on any team. They got three guys out there that can that throw BBs and have breaking pitches, and when they're on, they're absolutely impossible to hit. Having said that, as I said, they don't hit much. So, well, Jazz yeah, Chisholm's sitting tonight, apparently. But I I think we have to we have to beat the teams we have to beat, and one of those teams we have to beat is Marlins. We have to do that because I got news for Buck Showalter ain't letting the Mets go away this year. And, uh, you know, the Phillies, uh, the Phillies can't catch the ball. They can't throw the ball. They, and, you uh, know, often they can't hit the ball. So I think they're, I, the more I see them, the less I'm worried about them. But Buck Show is going to keep the Phillies, uh, the Mets nose in, in this race all the way if he has to kick them down the line with his feet. Uh, I, so they're not, I don't see them collapsing under Buck the way they did under Collins and, and Rojas, I just don't think I don't think let that happen. He's too good a manager to do that. We've got to stay in this because we dig a big hole now. We won't be able to crawl out at the end of the year. And you know, if you don't win the division, then you're in that 22 game smack. So and win it by a good number too, because the, the third division winner has to has to play one of those uh, wild card teams. So you want to you want to win the division. You want to win 100 games to do it as close as you can. And, and, uh, right, we, we're just giving away games right now. But I, uh, if, if, if the pitchers will get back on track and a couple of the hitters will just, you know, sort of hit 250 for a couple of weeks, we'll be fine. But we, right now, where it's, it's a jam and, and that Miami pitching can just make it worse.
3: Hey, Fred, it, uh, just looked up those, uh, pitching matchups coming up for the Cubs games. Yeah, Tuesday, Drew Smiley. Tuesday looks it no not yet but uh Tuesday looks interesting Marcus Stroman against Max Fried.
2: Yeah, that'll be good.
3: <laughs> yeah, and the next day it's Mark Leiter against Charlie Morton, Mark Leiter Jr., excuse me. So uh, th- there's a couple of things of interest at least.
1: Yeah, yeah I was looking I at I forgot I, I feel, uh, and I saw Drew Smiley is on there as well. He's pitching Friday, so I don't know that we'll get to see him in that series, but he is 9 and 2, hasn't given up a run yet, 0.83 whip. So Watch out is. for uh, Drew Smiley comeback season. Yeah, of course he is. Yep, that's the way that it goes. All right, well, uh, I think that just about wraps things up, Brad. I'll send it back to you. Any other thoughts before we get out of here?
2: No, I, I just, uh, I'm, I'm still, I still don't have any problem with it. I just think the team has got to come together pretty soon. Uh, I do think we need another starter because I worry about Elders innings toward as we get down the line, and I think that I think Alex knows that. And I still think we need a real center fielder because Duvall has been better than I expected out there, but his bat isn't there, and I just really would love to have a a center fielder who didn't have to worry about you being defensive to carry his bat. His defense is there, and I just need to get Duvall out of that role, and uh, boy, I just hate to see him in center field. He's been all right. I know he hasn't made any serious faux pas yet, but... um, uh, Feel confident that we're going to do well. I just hope we uh, can hold on until Ronnie gets back and the lineup wakes up.
1: Yeah, I'm on board with with all of that um, as well. Uh, again, Adam Devall not terrible out there. He gets to the ball he can get to. It's the uh, the ones that are out of his range that maybe somebody a little bit faster could get to that really kind of bother me. And like you said, when his bat's the way that it is right now, and you know he's not giving you necessarily elite level defense, giving you solid defense. Kind of makes it hard to see him, him out there. So I'm certainly with that at the he's moment. He's doing the
2: same thing. He's, re, he's back to not hitting right-handed pitchers this year and, and hitting lefties like he was, what, it was three years ago that he, he killed lefties and couldn't hit righties. He's back in that mode this year. That's what his swings look like. And that's why he's in trouble because he's playing against a lot of right-handed pitchers. Uh, against lefties, he's hitting really well, but against righties, he's not hitting at all. And that's, that's the Adam Duvall we know and we know from 2018, 2019.
1: And that's the problem. Yeah. All right, Alan. Any last thoughts from you? Well,
3: I'll give you one uh, at least hopeful part, and that is maybe Adam Duval's bat wakes up against the Marlins like it did last year after the trade deadline. Uh, he seemed like he uh, was thriving against that team, so maybe that'll happen again this weekend.
1: Yeah, or we can just trade him back to the Marlins and get Jorge Soler or something like that. But then we have to face him, and we know what he does to us in a Marlins uniform. Exactly. So. Yes. Yeah. Don't want don't want that to happen either.
2: Um, oh, uh, uh, Julio Turan got a contract with an independent team. I saw that. Team. Yeah, he's he's back uh the Staten Island something or other team. Um, they made a big deal of it, and announced it this afternoon. I put it somewhere in the in the group, but congratulations! You're pitching again.
1: Yeah, I, I saw where Julio is starting another opening day. It seems like no matter where he is, he will be an opening day <laughs> starter always. So good for Julio. I uh, hope he's able to kind of bounce back, maybe get another shot at the big league level. That will do it for this episode of the Tomahawk Take Podcast. Make sure you check out all of our work at TomahawkTake.com. You can follow us on Twitter at TomahawkTakeFS. But again, that's it for this episode, and we will talk to you next week.
3: This has been a taxing April Braves assessment of the Tomahawk Take Podcast, which is a production of TomahawkTake.com and Fansided LLC, a subsidiary of Minute Media Inc., Opinions expressed on the show today are solely those of the participants, as minute media is still most likely unaware of anything we're doing. All rights reserved. One of the musical selections used today comes to you under the auspices of the Creative Commons license, terms of which are available at creativecommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 4.0. This was a piece by Kevin McLeod entitled Hillbilly Swing, which was modified to fit in the available space. His works are featured at incompetech.filmmusic.io. All other musical selections used can be a rights already purchased by TomHawkDig.com. Thanks for tuning into the podcast today, and, boy well, I never thought I'd say this, may the Braves' lineup start producing like they're the New York Mets, and hopefully before that trip to Gotham next week. We'll see you all next time.